Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. As I look back over the 40-year history of Word of Life Church, I feel like I remember it all. I remember certainly all kinds of things. Some things beautiful, some things not so beautiful. Delightful times and times of difficulty, seasons that were pleasant and seasons that were painful. But with the long perspective of 40 years, I can confidently say God causes all things to work together for good, which is to say that our story is a tapestry of grace, just like your story is a tapestry of grace. For all who are in Christ, the good news is nothing less than everything's going to be all right. At the dawn of the 14th century, Europe was experiencing a boom in technological advancement and economic prosperity, and then all hell broke loose. We might say everything was on fire. Europe was hit by a series of disasters that seemed to come right out of the book of Revelation. Economic collapse, climate change with the Little Ice Age, the 100 Years' War, widespread famine, and worst of all, the Black Death of the Bubonic Plague. Many people living through the horrors of 14th century Europe thought it was the end of the world. In Norwich, England, there lived a woman who has come to be known to us as Lady Julian. And like so many others, she contracted the dreaded Black Death. For weeks, she hovered in the liminal space between life and death. But during that time, Jesus came to her in a series of visions. She eventually did recover. And 30 years later... She recorded these visions in a book entitled The Revelations of Divine Love. It in fact became the first book in English written by a woman. Revelations of Divine Love. In the 13th revelation, Julian asks Jesus about human suffering. Eventually, in her vision, Jesus says, It is true. That sin is the cause of all this pain. But all shall be well. And all shall be well. And all manner of things shall be well. St. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said that all things work together for good. And Jesus revealed to Lady Julian that all shall be well. That's what I mean when I say that our lives are destined to be a tapestry of grace. 
tapestries. These woven hangings that we often associate with medieval times, especially. I suppose the most famous uh, tapestry is the Bayou Tapestry. There in Normandy in France. Perry and I saw that back in 2007. It's 230 feet long, telling a story. Telling the story of the Battle of Hastings in 1066. So we have these tapestries that often adorn the walls of castles and courts and palaces. They usually tell the story of the king's glory. Well, your life, the story of your life, is to, ord- is to adorn the courts of heaven. Telling through your life the glory of our king. God is a poet and we are his poem. God is an artist and we are the work of his hands. God is weaving our lives together as a tapestry of grace. But here's the thing about making tapestries. The artist works from the backside of the tapestry. You ever seen the backside of a tapestry? It's a mess. Hanging threads and tangled knots. Muted colors. You can't make sense of it. That doesn't look like any story I ever saw. It's just a mass of confusion. That's where the artist works on the backside. Now the front side of the tapestry, we might call that the good side. That tapestry on the front side, it tells the beautiful story that we can comprehend. We go, oh, I see. There's the story. I see the secret. I see where it's going. But the backside, or what we might call the bad side, is a confusing, tangled mess that doesn't make any sense. Well, both sides use the same threads, but they tell a different story. One side is chaos, and the other side is a coherent beauty. Sometimes in the present moment, our lives seem to be A confusing, painful mess. Can I get a witness? Sometimes, I mean, right in the moment, it's like I look like the backside of that tapestry. Everything's tangled. Everything's just kind of hanging there. Doesn't make any sense. Bunch of knots, a big mess. In the present moment, oftentimes our lives seem to be a confusing, painful mess. But the one at the loom weaving the story of your life works with a hand of grace. Jeremiah called God a potter. I'm calling God a weaver. But the point is the same. When you enter the grace of salvation, your times are in the hands of God. David knew that. David knew that and he said it. I trust you, O Lord. My times are in your hand. Just maybe just say that to the Lord. Just maybe... Just kind of look heavenward and say, God, my times are in your hand. My times are in your hand, God. Even my hard times, my times are in your hand. Time. Time is where we experience the moments of our lives that comprise our times. Someone says that time is that which keeps everything from happening at once. (laughs) So it's all kind of 
spread out over time. And time is also where part of our experience is that of pain, sorrow, heartbreak, loss, and death. Now Jesus, as the incarnate Logos, the Word of God that became flesh, that He might dwell among us and experience time with us. Yeah, God is transcendent and timeless, but the Word becomes flesh and enters into time with us. Jesus, as the incarnate logo, shares the sorrows of time with us. This is why Jesus weeps at the tomb of Lazarus with Martha and Mary. He knows in a matter of moments he's going to turn sorrow into joy mourning into dancing. In just a little bit, he's going to say, Lazarus, come forth. And all of the sorrow will flee away. So why does Jesus in the moment weep with Martha and Mary? Because in the moment they're weeping. The word made flesh who is Jesus Christ shares time with us. And when we weep, he's there with us to share our sorrows with us. So Jesus shares time with us, but God is also transcendent to time and works with our times like a weaver at the loom. We know God causes all things to work together for good. Say that with me. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. God does not cause all things to happen. Be clear about that. God does not cause all things to happen. Your freedom is real. Our freedom is real. All kinds of things can and do happen. Much of what happens comes from the reality of evil and just the cruel vagaries of chance. God does not cause all things to happen, but God does cause all things that do happen to work together for good. The hand of grace is upon the loom. The things that happen are the threads of our life. Just think of every moment, every event, every joy, every sorrow, every victory, every defeat, every hope, every dashed hope, every relationship, every lost relationship. All of the things that happen, the job you have, the job you lose, all of that. Every event, every moment is a kind of thread. And taken individually, you say, well, some threads are better than others. Some threads I, I would like to keep, other threads I would like to lose, but it doesn't work that way. Your life is your life. It comes as it comes. And so you have all of these threads, some pleasant and silken, some coarse and harsh. The good news is that God weaves them all together in such a way that in the end, the whole story is beautiful. And so you might look, you might say, there was that real bad thing, that dark, coarse, painful thread. Where did that go? Did God take it away? No, he didn't take it away because it's part of who you are. He just wove it into the story in such a way that put in the context of your whole story, you go, oh, it was just a way for me to get from grace to grace. It was just a, a stepping stone from grace to grace, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. I don't know if you can accept this, 
I don't know if I can accept it. But I wonder about it. I wonder that if in the age to come there might be some who would say something like, nothing bad has ever happened to me. Or maybe they'll say a whole lot of bad things happened to me, but somehow when I added them all up, they turned into something good. So I'm not sure if anything bad happened to me. I thought so. I can name a thousand and one bad things that happened to me, but when I add them up, they don't end up to something bad. They end up to something good. We know that God causes all things to work together, to weave together for good, not for evil, but for good. This is because grace not only works from the point of the, its arrival forward. That's how we think about it. My life's a mess, my life's a mess. I meet Jesus, and from here on out, grace is going to work. That's true enough, but it's not the whole story. From the arrival of salvation in our life, grace works in both directions. It works forward, but it also works backward to redeem the past and find a way to take all things and work them together for good. This is what C.S. Lewis describes in the Chronicles of Narnia as the healing of harms. Apocatastasis. The restoration of all things. All the things that happened, they really happened and many were painful. And yet there'll be a time of the healing of harms, the restoration of all things. It's what Tolkien so beautifully sets forth at the end of the Lord of the Rings. When good old Samwise, Sam, we love Sam. When Samwise Gamgee says to Gandalf, I thought you were dead. But then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? Is everything sad going to come untrue? This is the good news of Jesus as the artist who creates tapestries of grace. Everything sad will come untrue. And nothing bad will last upon you. All things do work together for good. And all shall be well. And all shall be well. And all manner of things shall be well. That's the good news. Now, when the dark, coarse, ugly threads come into our life, we suffer. Of course we do. Because we're in that moment of time. But never let go of the promise that in the end, the whole tapestry will be beautiful. Any given moment is not your whole life. The moment will come eventually when the tapestry of your life will be revealed. I mean, it's, it's eventually going to be displayed in the courts of the king. And they'll say, here it is. Here's your tapestry. Here's your life story. And you will be stunned by its beauty. And even though you know that that beauty incorporates many awful, ugly, evil, harmful, painful things that happen, you will look at it and you'll say, don't remove anything. Because God has made it perfect. God has caused all things to work together for good and for beauty 
Don't change a thing. You're going to love your story. Don't quit in the middle of the story. You're going to love your story. So I say to you, everything's going to be all right. Let that be the prophetic word for you today. Everything is going to be all right. And someday you may even dare to say, nothing bad has ever happened to me. I thought so. But that was before I saw the finished work of the one who works at the loom with a hand of grace. Oh, I know you can't say it now. But someday, when everything sad has become untrue, everything's going to be redeemed. And everything's going to be made beautiful. But in the present moment, we can only believe it. We can't see it. We're, we're like a fly on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. The ceiling of the Sistine Chapel is beautiful. The fly doesn't know it because it's too close. The fly just says, I don't know, I just landed on a little splots of gray. Seems kind of dreary. It's because the fly is too close. That's what we are like in the midst of time. We're too close to everything to have a perspective of eternity. And that's, by the way, what the book of Revelation is so good at. The book of Revelation understands that we are like a fly on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel and that we need some help in getting a perspective. So the apocalyptic text of Revelation gives us the final big picture. A picture so big we can't see it in the limited perspective of the present moment. But here's the whole cosmos of human history transformed into a tapestry of grace. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Sorrow and crying will be no more. Pain will be no more. For the former things have passed away. Behold, I make all things new. I woke up this morning thinking about Kensuke pottery. That doesn't happen every day. But I did. I woke up this morning thinking about Kensuke pottery. Kensuke pottery is the Japanese art of taking broken ceramics and mending them with gold. Look at that. You know what that is? That's a broken cup. That's been mended. Is it more beautiful? Yes, it is. It used to be just a plain white cup and then it was broken. I've been broken, shattered like an empty cup. I'm just waiting on the Lord to restore and fill me up. So we're just, you know, we're all broken because we're all made of clay. None of us get through life without brokenness. But Jesus is a master, apparently, at Kintsuki pottery. 
You say, well, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a clay ceramic cup. Where's this gold come from? The artist provides it. Which is to say it's grace. You say, yeah, but I'm really shattered. Good for you. You'll have a whole lot more gold. The more broken, the more gold. Every crack, every fissure, every place of brokenness, Jesus is going to bind it all together with the gold of his grace. When Samwise Gamgee asked Gandalf, is everything sad going to come untrue? Gandalf said, a great shadow has departed. And then he began to laugh. And the laughter was like the sound of music, like water in a parched land. Tuesday, this Tuesday is November 9th. That's an auspicious day in the life of BZ. November 9th, 1974, Jesus came to me and I became a follower of him. November 9th, 2006, after celebrating our 25th anniversary, I climbed up on Mount Sinai and kept an appointment with God and got instructions and committed my life to another 25 years of ministry. This November 9th, 2021, just happens to be release day for this book. I didn't arrange it, but it came to pass. When they told me, oh, it's going to come out November 9th, I just smiled. Yeah, good. That's good. Might be the best book I've written, I think so. I'm not going to read it to you except the very, very very last. I'm going to trust you to read all that leads up to it. So, Samwise Gamgee says to Gandalf, I thought you were dead. I thought I was dead. Is everything sad going to come untrue? And Gandalf said, a great shadow has departed. And then laughed. And the laughter was like music, like the sound of water in a parched land. Something is happening to me. Something is bubbling up in me. Like I'm about to laugh. Like I just heard the best news. Unexpected yet a secret I've always known. I believe like never before. I believe in Jesus. I believe what the gospels tell. What the creeds confess, but it's more than that. How can I explain? I believe in the greatest wonder of all. The word became flesh so that God could join us. God becoming human to heal humanity. I believe Jesus is the all in all. All things summed up in him. I believe in the restoration of all things. Jesus is the savior of the world. It's more than the rescue of a few lucky elect souls whisked off to heaven at the last second as a consolation prize for a God whose plan didn't quite work out. Salvation belongs to the Lord. 
and it's bigger than we have imagined. I look at the crucified and believe. I see perfect love providing the solution, arms outstretched to embrace even enmity, healing a world gone wrong with his wounds, sin forgiven, Satan defeated, war abolished, death destroyed, creation restored. I believe the mystic's 13th revelation of divine love. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. I didn't say I can explain it or defend it, but I believe it. I believe the gospel John gave. The Galilean prophet who is, I am, bread, light, gate, shepherd, resurrection, vine, way, truth, life. I believe we can eat his flesh and drink his blood and live forever. I believe the vision John saw. New Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth. I'm laughing now. Because I believe it when Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. I'm laughing now because I believe that in the end, love wins. Love believes all things and hopes all things. What would love believe about God? Believe that. What would love hope for humanity? Hope that and laugh now, if just for a little bit. Amen. Stand with me. Let's confess our faith, confess our sins and receive forgiveness and then come to the love feast that is the table of the Lord. Confess with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. And God is gracious to all who confess their sins and in humility ask for mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you.